Ian's got his Coke Zero. I got my water. Welcome to the completely, completely unnecessary podcast for Tuesday, October 20th, 2020, alongside Ian Ferguson. Howdy. I'm one of your party hosts, Pat Contry. On the show today, we'll be discussing lots of fun stuff, like the Analog Duo announcement. Oh, the NES turns 35. Um, also, Q&A. Patreon poll topic first, Ian. We got wares at ultimatenintendo.com. Goods. It's good to pass out to the kids at Halloween. You pass out not for resale Blu-rays. You can pass out RBI baseball stickers, see your podcast, enamel pins. The kids will love them. They'll be like, oh, this is great. Thanks. I love the see your podcast. I'm seven years old. I'm just like a pirate. I love this enamel pin. Or or or, or six and a half pound NES guidebooks. It, it's, it's great for that, for that 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 hollow plastic pumpkin. It won't break it at all, throwing a seven pound book in there at all. We're not supposed to be handing out anything this year. Oh, in theory, I meant. Oh, okay. Theoretically. Do you think... Well, here's a theoretical Halloween. I, I feel bad for the kiddies just because it's on a Saturday this year, and all, obviously Halloween on a Saturday is like, that's better than Christmas. You have like eight hours that you can go out trick-or-treating. I mean, I feel bad for us, too. I mean... Well, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy giving out the candy. I say that every year. Right. I, I, I dress up. I put on the Frankenstein outfit last year. The kids like it. Every year I say I'm going to dress up, but... Uh... They're adorable, the kids come in the door. They just want, they just want to ruin their, ruin their health and teeth, and who, I'll, I'll help them do that. Absolutely fact, destroy fact, their teeth. Absolutely. Eating 17 Kit Kats in, in, within two-day span, like I used to do. Mm. How much candy we ate as kids? Oh, my God. Luna uh, has candy that we can put like in the bags for customers now. Okay. And uh, Treg and I were just... Go- we, were, we were not being good. We were not behaving with the candy. Uh, we were just eating way too much of it the other day. Eating your fun size Nestle Crunch. Uh, Those are the best. The fun crackles, size Crunch. crackles, and uh, he had he got the Hershey's bag this year. I don't think the Nestle Crunch formula has changed that much in thirty years. Maybe a little bit, but it's pretty close. That's I had one I had. the other day, and I thought it was disappointing. But someone pointed out that like the the fun sized ones are better. The chocolate's thicker. The regular Nestle Crunch is a, a oh, fucking thin. It, it's it's thin and it's just it's nothing. It's like a, it, it's it's like an Intellivision controller wafer thin uh, board and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I I bought it and it was like I don't know it was like two hundred and fifty calories that I forgot about as soon as I finished. Well, it's all rice. Yeah. It's it's like ninety percent rice. I'm gonna eat. That's a, a good, that, but that's a good point. I forgot. That's one of the only candy bars where the fun size is radically different than the than, than the regular size because of that the thickness, like you said. Yeah, yeah. That's like a. There's less crunch in a in a real real one versus the fun size. You actually have to bite through that thickness mm-hmm. on that. Got to bite through that mystic thickness. God, my mouth is worrying. Intermittent fasting. I haven't had Nestle's Crunch in forever. Should I buy candy just in case there's a few kids that come around and just throw it at them from 20 feet away? You should buy candy. You should always buy candy. I mean, for the kids. Sure. I have a bunch of 90s uh, candy from the Console Wars little media kit they sent. I wonder if it's actually from the 90s. It's, it's all moldy. It's <laughs> the bubble tape you open up and it's just molds. <laughs> the gum is just turned into liquid. You know, people do that. They, they buy the old uh, card packs and they eat the gum still. Um, from like the 80s or 70s or what have you. So I mean, It's not going to kill you. Last year for Comic-Con, uh, when the- Frank was in town, uh, we were sitting at a bar having a drink, 
and um, the bartender more or less convinced themselves that they wanted to try the gum that was in one of the packs that we opened. So they did, and uh, it didn't go well for them. Probably dissolves and just... Uh, it go. turns into like this... Pot. So I've, I, I, I've known enough people who have done this recently to know how it goes. You put it in your mouth and you bite down on it, and it, it immediately turns into a fucking powder. It just turns into dust, and then it mixes with your saliva and turns into like this glue that just gets into every fucking crevice in your mouth. The only time I did that was when um in new jersey we went to uh oh god keensburg which is like the um low rent shore town before you get to the real shore towns it's like one off by itself Mm -hmm. people in jersey like holy shit keensburg so we go there like once a year at my uncle and cousins and it's like it's not as far as going to seaside heights there's still stuff there's still there's still a boardwalk it's a smaller boardwalk there's still uh somehow legal gambling games that you can put plop quarters down. That's where I won my original Hulk Hogan LJN figure. It was at Keensburg. And it wasn't a wheel. It was light bulbs that would the light would go around and stop. Like, that wasn't rigged, but I did win there. But there was a sports card stand. And this is probably, probably whenever Cecil Fielder hit his 50 home runs, and it was a big deal, that was like 89 or so. Mm-hmm. Because you could win packs of tops 86 baseball cards. Um, and, and that was Cecil Fielder's rookie card. And I won the pack of 86 Tops cards. And the Cecil Fielder was in there. So at the time, I was like, oh, this is worth, like, whatever, 25 bucks and 89 It was a big deal uh, before probably someone stole it from me in grade school. But I tried the gum. This was, like, three or four years after it came out. And then it was awful, even three years later, four sure. years later. It was, like, kind of hard to chew. And then it just, like, bubbled up somehow. It was it was nasty. So I can't I can imagine. fermented a little bit? I can imagine 20 years later. Yeah, it might have been five years. I think Cecil Fielder maybe been like ninety one. When did Cecil? Because that was a big deal. Because no one had hit fifty home runs in like fifteen twenty years. But anyway, uh, is that still around anyone in Jersey? Uh, Keensburg? Do they have a boardwalk still? I don't know. You remember Cecil Fielder, right? I remember Cecil Fielder. Absolutely remember. That Cecil was a big Fielder. deal. Uh, fifty home runs. Uh, he's fifty seven years old. Cecil Fielder. It was nineteen ninety. He hit fifty one home runs and one hundred thirty two RBIs. That was like the, one of the biggest seasons like that in forever. There and his and his son Prince, I think, still plays. So anyway, um, so my weekend, Ian, uh, I tried cutting over uh, open a papaya. I've been on a I've been on a fruit salad kick the past uh, two months or so. I'm trying to dial back the other sweets for fruit salad. Papaya is delicious. You know, uh, watermelon, uh, cantaloupe, pineapple, maybe a little blueberries. Blueberries are so good for you. I love blueberries. So I bought a papaya about three weeks ago. I have no experience with papayas. Otherwise, you buy the you buy the little package that's freshly cut. It's like three bucks. It's like buying orange juice. It's so expensive papaya because they're hard to fucking cut open. I guess get right. So I bought a papaya. The sticker said green on the outside means ripe inside. The sticker said that. So I bought. It. I'm like, oh, I'll cut this up like tomorrow. It wasn't ripe yet. It was the yellow type, which is what I was looking for. And so it, I ruined it. It was ruined. I didn't realize. No. I didn't realize till afterwards. Like once you cut up a papaya, it's not going to ripen anymore. It's done. So I had to throw out a nice papaya. So I bought another one, which was the skin was more yellowish. Was, that's when you know it's ripe. So I cut it open. And I thought it was like rotten because it was reddish, like grapefruit color. But no, there's a second papaya species I didn't know about. There's a red one and a yellow one. The red one's sweeter, which was not as good. So come on, you're killing me, sprouts. First of all, you put on stickers you don't tell me like that are that are misinforming me, us that are papaya deficient in knowledge. But then you don't tell me which type of papaya it is. They're told they're radically different tasting papayas. So I, I've struck out twice on papayas, you know, I'm kind of annoyed by that. Where was this papaya radicalized? I don't know. 
Did you do anything this weekend? What did I do this weekend? Uh, yeah. Uh, I saw my friend Lincoln for the first time since lockdown. Uh, that was fun. We played through Streets of Rage 4 from start to finish. Uh, which is good. That was a Streets of Rage focused day because I finally got my, um, my uh, soundtrack from Limited Run Games. And it is a nice soundtrack. Comes in a box. It's 3LP. There's an art. Uh, there's an interview book. There's uh, really nice full art on oh, nice. all the sleeves. Yeah, it's a fucking stupidly nice release. Um, but other than that, no, not, not a ton. Hung out with Vani yesterday. I was supposed to play D&D Sunday night, but we had to cancel. You want to do poker tomorrow night? No. No, you don't, you don't do the poker? No. I enjoyed poker. My time with poker is done. I'm just getting into it. You know, I wanted to do the World Series of Poker this year. If this was a normal year, that was like a, like a potential 40, 40th birthday plan to myself, or present to myself. Oh, yeah? Was to go to Vegas. That was like, all right, if, if the superintendent book sales do well, um, I have a little bit of money, money to spare, like maybe I could try that and, and at least try to break even. Your fashion uh, isn't as shitty as a typical poker player's. I'm, I'm surprised. You'd have to get like a bad sweatshirt or grow your hair into a mullet or something to have any real There's a wide chance. variety of... of Fashion and poker. Some nah. people wear suits. Like, mm-hmm. no. If you're gonna have a chance of poker, you got to learn how to dress poorly. Some people like w- w- dress like grease balls, like from the, from the '70s with the gold chains and outlandish outfits. Yeah, I feel like Mr. Lin would have been a poker player. Mr. Lin, I'm Lin. Uh, you know, I actually watched Bloodsport this weekend. Uh, this is so weird. A lot on of YouTube, people have been. Yes, I, I, the oh, ad came YouTube. up free with ads, I, and I watch. There's lots of free with ads stuff on there, like Terminator. You can watch. It's also on uh, Netflix now too, because I've had a few people uh, like uh, screens like like send me photos of them watching it on their TV. So yeah, it's been a yeah. Bloodsport week. Now with Bloodsport, I am now into the analytics of Bloodsport in terms of the tournament, in terms of 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 the editing out of order of seeing people that just got knocked out now sitting on the silence like i'm that much into it like oh mm-hmm. they really they really had to re-edit this movie to make it work yep i'm also into the fact that there's no way van damme and bold young could have fought six seven times because there's only 30 30 people were about in the tournament there's like 15 on both sides it doesn't make any sense because it wasn't round robin you oh don't try one. to don't try to do the numbers because because if you if you if you if, if you had seven seeds you needed like 128 fighters to have seven rounds of fights you know basically <laughs> and there was not that many in the, in the movie i understand that and also um uh, Donald Gibb, who played Ray Jackson, is not a good fighter on screen, and no. that's why they gave him only like three fights. Well, two and a half when he throws the one guy. It's not really a fight there. He's but he's a great character. Yeah. It's a great character. Yeah, he's a great but, character, but not the best at the, uh, the actual like on screen fighting. There, it's great, great fight choreography for the for the late eighties. It's fantastic choreography, and Paco is still the best. I want to. I was always Paco. wondering what a, what a Paco versus. Um, Bolo Young uh, Chong Lee matchup would have been that would have been a good fucking fight would have been intense that would have been great been super intense Paco get those leg case in there in his uh, Muay Thai style god I only saw Paco in one other movie the, character, the actor plays him I saw him in um, it was like a uh, god really bad uh, like California made uh, like Blake Edwards type of film where he played like a, t- like a terrorist or something on a plane say like, oh that's Paco they got him he, there he is he still had, he still had the <laughs> facial hair it's only the only thing I ever saw him in ever probably was like like, like 93 or 94 okay um, uh, we're on Anchor right now Ian anchor.fm slash the CU podcast you can subscribe on there if you want or wherever else you listen to us so the cool thing about anchor.fm slash the CU podcast is that you can leave us voicemails and uh, we're going to play the first round of them right now. So keep in mind, 
before you leave any voicemails, I'll know who you are by your login name if you decide to be nasty. Or I can just ban you if I think. But I already I already pre-screened some of these. I didn't listen to all of them in their entirety. But we're going to listen to some here. And please try to keep them brief, 30 seconds or less if you can. This first one uh, was long, but it, it's not really, you can't really hear it. Hey, Pat and Ian. Um, this is, uh, so this was recorded with a mic in a fishbowl. Goblin blood on Twitter. And YouTube Goblin blood. So if we can't hear you, Goblin, I'm, I'm sorry. So in the future, make sure your mic's recording uh, there or through your phone. All right, next one. Going in order. Yeah, g'day, guys. My name's Daco from Australia. Just want to say you bloody two legends, mate. Can't believe it. You just get me through the day when I'm on the tools. Bloody oath. By the way, my favorite game is bloody Psycho Fox on the Master System. Oh, what a bloody cracker that one is. <laughs> What else we got? And Jet Force Gemini. Oh, truth, mate. Anyway, talk to you, boy. Have a good one. <laughs> Thanks, Daco. From, I'm guessing, Australia. I'm guessing. Now, I thought that was trolling at first, but I think that's really an Australian. <laughs> because Bloody Cracker, Psycho Fox in the Master System, no one played that in the, U- in the U.S. It's Australia. It's true. Um, so I think that was authentic. Thank you, Daco. I wanted, to, I wanted to visit Australia potentially this year before COVID made our passports worthless here. I wanted to potentially go to Japan. For my 40th, I want to maybe go to Italy or Australia. Daco, leave a voice message every week. Your accent's fantastic. Now, here's next. This one's from Daniel. Hey, Pat and Ian. This is Daniel here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Um, I had a question for Pat. I was actually wondering if he had any overflow of boxed NES games huh. that he'd like to sell. I'm a couple of hours away from San Diego. I live in San Bernardino, so... Um, if there's any way you can get back in contact with me, matter of fact, my sure. phone number is three two. Oh, oh wait, wait a second, <laughs> Daniel, <laughs> don't want to dox you there. Um, yeah, Daniel, I have overflow of uh, of, of boxed NES games. Are you a collector, Daniel, or are you you looking to uh, wadded those bad boys up for heritage auctions? <laughs> but no, I'm I'm going to be putting together my list of games I want to get rid of. I want to say I was going to say by the end of the year, probably maybe January or so, maybe February. I'm going to. Take a good week, Ian, and go through these and put them to the side. These are the games that are going. I have all those clear Tupperwares, you know, that I'm going to throw them in there. But, hey, these are the ones that are going. And at that point, I'll put out a Google Drive document, and that'll probably be semi-news on in the collector circle. But, hey, what's Pat selling? And you can all go on there and start making me bids for for chunks or all of it. Probably all. I'm not going to be fucking dealing with 300 different packages there. I will believe it when I see it. You don't think I'll do it? You've been saying it for a while. Well, I've been saying it for like a year and a half. <laughs> hey guys, this is Nate from San Diego. I was wondering if you ever noticed uh, the sword sounds in Zelda 2 is like... But then ever since that, all the Zelda sounds were like... Never put never, much, never noticed. Never, never <laughs> thought about it much. But the, the, <laughs> yes, I guess so. As if you're not, if your heart isn't full. Yeah, yeah. It's a little flipping sound. It's true. Okay. The value. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciated. <laughs> Thank, thanks very much. That was from. Uh, wow, it, it looks like a Scandinavian name. Gisle. We'll say the rest of the name. Hey, Pat, I actually had a quick question for you. I noticed the other day on my bookshelf that the spines on both of your books don't have the same font on them. Uh, why is that? Well, 
I think he's referring, I've had this question before, he's referring to the pat contra in the spines is different, because I went uppercase versus lowercase and uppercase on one versus the other, right? They're a little bit different. It, it is different. I'm not sure why. I had a reason at the time. I don't remember why. It's unsettling. It's, it's unsettling? Looks like you're you're yelling. So on the third book, I should go back to the NES one, because then at least... Now, in the third book, you should do, like, the leet speak, like, just randomly change, like, the uppercases and lowercases. Oh, okay. Yeah, just okay. be like, oh, you know, capital P, lowercase a, capital T, country with a one. All right. Th- thanks for that question, Cross. This is from Andrew. Hey, guys. Uh, love the show. It's uh, a little Robitussin. My question for you guys is, Robitussin. have you ever been sucked into a free-to-play modeled game and also would you guys ever do a uh, among us patreon stream thanks for the content guys watch every week so that's how you get in and out it's like 21 seconds quick succinct question and a comment you get in and out that's how we like it so among among us uh good stuff let's play yeah i mean well i mean with 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 the people on the patreon that could be fun i've been meaning to play that the old among us I should give that a shot. As far as free-to-play games, I honestly don't know. Uh, Pokemon Go. That sucked you in? Pokemon Go has you sucked me in twice. I, 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 I got out of it for a couple of years, then I got really into it again last a year ago this past April. And now I just kind of play it here and there a little bit. But uh, no, Pokemon Go is probably the only free-to-play game that I've, I've, I've played enough to actually put some money into. Okay. Here's our final one. This is from, uh, let's see. Yo, so about that section of the podcast talking about preservation, they're not preserving shit. Those people buying that stuff from water, nah, they're not preserving anything. It's a $1,000 version of items that already exist everywhere by the multitudes of thousands and millions. They're not preserving shit with that. You got people like Frank Sofaldi and Kelsey Lewin that are actually working to preserve stuff, preserving printed media, preserving old PCBs, code, artwork you know things that have been in magazines you name it that these people out there they're not preserving anything they're just preserving their ego so they can have something to talk about when they have like the next house get together they can be like oh look at my shiny fifteen thousand dollar item or thousand dollar item or whatever <laughs> that's not preservation that's my take on it peace thanks boom. tl boom snip snap yeah i was gonna say tl <laughs> you should be doing your own podcast that was over the 30 second limit but that was like that was good well structured, well thought out, entertaining. Dropping a couple of, of uh, s bombs. I don't mind that. So there you go. You can go to Anchor.fm/slash the CU Podcast. Leave us a voice message there. Good stuff. That's good. That's better. Is that better than what you thought it was going to be? Yeah, it was fine. Okay. And, and, and uh, Daco from Australia, you're my new favorite. <laughs> with Psycho Fox, that that got me with the Psycho Fox. Uh, all right, Ian. Yes, sir. So Pat's dream or postulation. Uh, was somewhat confirmed about the about the live action Spider Verse movie that they're putting together with uh, Tom Holland and Doctor Strange, and they're and they're allegedly reportedly getting Andrew Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire on board uh, for this movie. So that's kind of uh, interesting. It is. I'm I'm I'm, I'm want to see where this is going to go. Obviously, I think they're going to potentially wrap up. Well, Andrew Garfield had a chance to wrap up shit because uh, there wasn't a third movie. It's like, oh, Gwen Stacy died. There you go. That's that's your movie. That's the end of your two movies, basically. But um, well, it'd be interesting to see them work them in, at least to have some sort of uh, action to sort of like tie up those two two uh, iterations. Gwen Stacy dies. I had no idea. 
Spoilers. No clue that she died. Sad, Ian. I know. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say. What's Spider-Man going to do without his lady friend? Well, he's going to be depressed for a while and then uh, start, start hooking up with Mary Jane eventually. That's oh. what happens in the comics. <laughs> I was joking. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that could be interesting. I don't know that I... Uh, I'm trying to think of what it would take to uh, get me into a superhero movie today. And uh, I don't know what it would take. Oh, this this is definitely it for me. Uh, this this is I'm, I'm on board for this. Um, and it sounds like... Um, it sounds like it's moving forward. Yeah, it's more. this is more than just rumors. Everyone's been talking about this. Uh, for sure. So, Spider-Man 3 art... Theorizes Toy McGuire is Tom Holland's Uncle Ben. No, I'm out. If that's the case, I'm out. Then I'm out. That's if they do that, I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. That they better not fucking do that. Plus, he's way he's way too. I mean, Toy McGuire is 45 years old. I looked it up, so like he can still probably pull it off if he gets into shape into the suit, or the, and they can CG off some age off you easily. Pal Yoshi says they do that more than you think. They take off. Well, does it take off like seven, eight years off you? That's all. Nothing too drastic. You know, like like the Irishman on Netflix, we try to take off thirty years and it looks weird. We'll take off like eight, nine, ten years. There you go. A couple of wrinkles, a couple of liver spots we get rid of. And Just a digital buffing. We do that on the podcast every week. He's That's why little... we still look young. <laughs> yeah. You don't realize that we have a filter. Oh god, we, we have a Hollywood CG filter. I spend eight thousand dollars per episode. We don't. I don't want anyone to think I look this bad with a filter. You don't look bad. You don't have many wrinkles. Awful. It's bad. It's bad news. It's bad. Stay out of the sun. That's all. The sun is not your friend. Uh, when it comes to aging. So, um, yeah, I'm excited for this. This is supposedly has already started filming, which is interesting. They already started filming. They're not even like done with negotiations with these guys yet. I guess they can work them in if they're smaller parts. Well, they did that with Civil War. With the Civil War, when they got the Disney deal done with Spider-Man, it was like, well, we have like two different scripts, and so we can work it in. And it worked. It worked for the most part. It worked. It worked. It worked. Sweetly. So you're not going to see this still? Or, yeah. This is my fear. They use this. Uh, Doctor Strange, that, that, they, that Sony uses Disney's goodwill to build up their Spider-Man character in order to then close him back off to the shitty Sony Spider-Verse. Yeah, that's uh, what we talked about last week. That would be bad, and I, I, I think... I think that would... Uh, I don't think that would go over very well. They would ride. breed a lot of bad will. It's, again, it's you sons of bitches that saw Venom. It's all on you. If you didn't see Venom, there'd be no more Morbius movie bullshit or Madam Web movie being developed or some weird fucking Silver Sable Black Cat team up, which which is weird because I don't remember them ever really teaming up in the comics. But either way, I, I don't even know how Silver Sable is considered a Spider-Man character. It's so weird to me. Uh, but anyway, um, I always consider Captain America and Daredevil with Silver Sable. Anyway, don't fucking see Venom 2. Don't go see Morbius. Bleed them dry. Or, or or let them run dry, Sony. So that so they have to go back to Papa Smurf, uh, Papa Smurf, Papa Papa, Papa, Mickey, Papa Shango, Papa Smurf, Papa Shango. <laughs> don't don't give don't let Sony think that they're making money on their own with Spider Man because they are not. It's not them. They ruined the Andrew Garfield movies. They don't know what the hell they're doing. So I'm very disappointed in you out there if you saw Venom and paid money. All right, uh, this is an interesting little Kotaku movie. Here, he shrugged. He literally shrugged. He's like, eh, what are you going to do? Get <laughs> Kotaku movie? Dark Souls, uh, no, Kotaku article. Yeah. Dark, Dark Souls player drenched in blood every time he gets hit. You see this, Ian? I did. Uh, it's pretty wacky, uh, pretty wild, pretty zany. Some wacky stuff. Uh, Some wild stuff. <laughs> uh, a YouTuber named Big Secret. Um, now Big Country is uh, stuck a big in my country, head. Yeah. Stay with you. Uh, love is hot. Uh, 
the quintessential one-hit wonder. Um, so, uh, Big Secret recently uploaded a video. Uh, they, he, he built a device that, whenever he is playing Dark Souls, uh, he built a device that can spray him with fake blood. Um, there's uh, two modes that he has for this device, an easy mode and a hard mode. Uh, easy mode sprays him with fake blood when he dies. Hard mode sprays him with fake blood every time he takes any damage whatsoever. Wow, okay. Um, yeah, talk about a crazy idea, uh, but it works, and it is pretty funny to watch this man get uh, sprayed down with uh, the fake red stuff whenever he, you know... Um, Purple stuff? Sunny D? Uh, I've been making uh, big things of purple stuff for uh, work lately. Uh, I bought Vani a... Uh, you know those little um, those little drink enhancers? Those little the liquid drops that you squeeze into your water and it turns it into like yeah. crystal D or so, I, I, yeah crystal D crystal crystal D oh, crystal now delight you're, now you're screwing up like me crystal D well crystal D that's, that's crystal what, D that's, 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 that's what Ian did in that's high what school my friends I used yeah. to call it uh, the crystal D um, they make Kool Aid ones and Vani bought me grape ones uh, so now I just make huge is it, is it things just of like grape concentrated stuff. sugar that you drop in it's not sugar they're sugar free oh they're delicious. Should I get into that? You should get you. Yeah, you should get it. Should we get us some product? You should, you should get. You should get hardcore into drink drops. Should we? Should we get a see you podcast drink drop? We get. We corner that market. And the completely unnecessary that's, drink enhancer. That's a Fifty Cent did he got water the, enhancer? He got the vitamin water and made it fortune off vitamin water. Fifty Cent. Get a cup. Huh, get it. Cup of of drink enhancer. Get a cup of beverage. That, hey, we got a we got a market. Get yourself a here. cup of beverage. All right, so check out this video. It's wacky, wild stuff. There. Yeah. <laughs> Wacky wild stuff. All right, Atar- we got some Atari stuff that Ian found this morning. Uh, someone alerted us on Twitter about uh, the At- Atari Mini Pong Junior. Just gonna come out and say that I think this is cool. Uh, <laughs> never let it said that uh, you know. I mean, uh, a fool and his money is soon parted. Uh, that's that 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 can be said. Let it be said. Uh, so, have you ever gone to a convention and uh, or, or sometimes arcades have them? Atari makes. Um, or or whoever uh, the 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 licensor of the name Atari hired, uh, they have these large coffee table sized uh, pong units, um, and they have big chunky uh, jog wheels on either side. And jog, jog wheel, jog wheel. I never heard that expression. Huh? Jog wheel, For like a, you mean a spinner dial? Yeah. Okay. Um, on either side of the table, and you play pong against uh, the person on the other side. The cool thing about these, though, um, the ones that they have at like the arcades or at conventions, uh, is it's all like mechanical. You can like see there's like beams under there that move your paddles back and forth, and that make the 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 little uh, ball bounce around. It's really cool to watch. It's fun to play. It's got like some satisfying clicky noises and all that. Um, but so- they sell them, and they're like three thousand five hundred dollars. Yeah. So uh, they've announced the Mini Pong Junior, which looks just like one of those coffee tables, only tabletop and small. And instead of it being a mechanical, um, you know, representation of Pong, it's just an LC- or LED or LCD screen sure. or something in the center there. And it's got the two little knobs on the, the side. And uh, I don't know. I'm going to be real. For the right price, I would potentially, you know, be the person who's dumb enough to buy one of these. I think it's kind of neat. Yeah, we don't know how big this is yet. That's the thing. Uh, it's RK One Up is going to be, uh, looks like uh, producing this with uh, Eunice. So <clears throat> I don't know. Well, the reveal is going to be after the podcast. It's going to be on let's see, eleven a.m. I think I think on on Wednesday the twenty first. So 
Yeah, maybe it's like a 12-inch little guy maybe, or something like that. So it's like a little bit bigger than a little handheld like that. So it gets it gets the point across. I, I, I'm a huge fan of like the old like 70s like tabletop LED game units and stuff like that. Yeah. Not just the arcade ones, but like just the ones. Um, well, that's more 80s. Super um, Cobra. You know, like the two-player like uh, baseball and basketball ones. Like oh, I, always, I, I always had fun with that shit. Okay. And this, this reminds me in its stupid simplicity um, of kind of like a modern version of one of those I, i'm gonna guess this is gonna be like 12 inches yeah my yeah i'm i'm thinking perfect size to put on like the middle of a coffee and, table and it's enough that you can both look back yeah. and forth and do it there so well, nice chunky jog wheels as you call it. that's that's a really interesting term jog I'm wheel. you've never heard the term jog wheel is, is that on, is that a, is it, if i if i look that up will that actually come up jog is that one word yes it'll come up that's what the ones on dj uh, controllers are called that's jog the, dial or that's jog why, wheel that's okay. why the jog con was called the jog con because it has a jog wheel in the center a jog we- dial jog wheel shuttle dial or shuttle wheel is a type of knob ring wheel or dial which allows the user to shuttle or jog through audio or video media not yes. like controller well but they, I see what you're saying uh, namco called it the jog con for the playstation so i don't know what you want me to say I'm just saying, you, just, you don't be shocked I never heard of it because I never heard of it. I'm just saying. Okay. I mean, it's always a spinner. Spinner dial. Arkanoid spinner, not Arkanoid dry wheel. Anyway, sorry. All right, but they're, they're also, um, Ian, they're also, um, they had something that came out a couple years ago. I just want to talk about it real quick. And I'm surprised we didn't see this. Atari put out a handheld a couple years ago. It's like uh, 20, was it 27 quid, as they say, across the pond? And it's a little handheld that that is like has like wood like wood grain look to it and little little ribs with a little joystick looking d-pad looking guy thumb like thumb pad like a thumb joystick little thing and two buttons on it and i'm just want to bring it up because i think it looks cute we never talked about it um it has 50 games on it has av out and, and i i don't i never heard of this before i've never seen this for sale i'm just surprised we didn't ever see this before so i'm gonna put the video if you're watching it on youtube you'll see the video of it right there we just, we, so this is my point with this and the other other thing. There are products that Atari can license and put out that I think are a good idea or not just a cash-in that people might still enjoy. A, 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 an item like this or the you know the little tabletop little Pong thing. There are smart things I think that people would want that Atari can still put out. Not a speaker hat. I was going to say, speaker hats and the VCS are the wa- it. Or the but, watch that never even came out that they yeah. took money for, I believe, allegedly. So there's stuff like that that I think makes sense. An Atari casino, not so much. An Atari hotel, not so much. You know, but but they're also into the crypto, which is um, an article in Forbes about Atari bets on crypto. That I don't know. We'll see how this happens. But they're they're looking to sell these tokens and basically do, I guess, like like an internet offering, like an IPO, I guess, version of their crypto is going to co- come October 29th on Bitcoin.com. Uh, retail investors uh, outside the U.S. is going to cost what is this twenty five cents per token. It's going to cost. It looks like they're trying to uh, they're trying to uh, sell one million dollars worth of Atari tokens, in the hopes that the tokens will become the standard currency throughout the sector. Ooh, I feel like that's a that's a big wish. Tokens can initially be used for in-game purchases and for partner games with the Pong developer aspiring. They're not the Pong developer anymore. They're not that Atari. It's not Nolan Bushnell fucking smoking cigars putting together pong machines um well it's like when tommy says we when he's referring to something in television did back in like 1982 which wasn't in television because it was it was mattel it's like try to it was, mattel made the intellivision and television didn't make the intellivision sorry what was i saying okay um so the tokens we use for in-game purchases and for partner games with the pong developer blah blah 
so I think what they want to do is sort of work this into the VCS some way. And then, of course, they want to do their online casino thing. So obviously it makes sense for that. There are people that are into crypto. I'm not. I've warned against crypto when I on the, on the Notchcom podcast. And you know, I called I called that crash like two months before it happened. Uh, was that two years ago when that crash happened? I said you, I said don't fucking don't gamble with this shit. This is dangerous. This is this is it's a digital uh, beanie baby cryptocurrency for the most part. It's not stable enough to use it as an actual currency. If it's not stable, it's not currency anymore. You can't use it. If, it. if it wildly swings day-to-day the price of something, the value, it's not a currency yet. And so far, it has not worked out where Bitcoin is, is a reliable currency. It, it's, it's, a, it's a digital holder of value. So that's what it is. Um, so I guess if Atari wants to get into this, good for them. They want people to buy in. They get money automatically. It's like buying a, it's like buying a gift certificate. You don't have to spend it. We already got your fucking money. And now we're buying into you um, thinking this is going to rise in value, so you'll buy into it more. You know, that's what Atari is going for. It's smart for them to do that. They're going to hook idiots. Sure. They're going to hook people. So, yeah. You're into crypto at all? You don't want into crypto? I know a few people who are into it reasonably. What's reasonably that they don't, they they don't have, spend too much on it? No, they have some. They say, let's wait and see. I mean, I, I, I have no interest in, in crypto, but. No. It's nuts. To me, it's nuts overall. For everyone say, yeah, I made money. There's people that are losers. There's always, remember, there's always losers. Well, sure, you can make money, and yeah, but people will lose money people, too. Oh, people lost everything a couple years ago when the crash happened. When it went up to like twenty thousand, then it crashed down mm-hmm. to what ten. People lost everything. Some people. It was like literally like Beanie Babies. People were investing in this, not knowing, and it was FOMO. It was like, oh, this is going to go up forever. It's going to be worth a million dollars. No, you're. No. <laughs> Nothing the, does the, that. The big whales are the winners. The people that can manipulate markets are the winners when it comes to that. They know they know how to get the fervor up, and then they know when to dump. Those are the big winners. The li- they get the little guys to put in the money, and they're the losers. That's what happens with this stuff. Right? Sorry. I'm already starving. God. I'm already starving. I need, I need, a, I need a red papaya here. A red papaya? Because they don't have the yellow one. Sorry. Sorry. Do I talk a little NBA 2K, Ian? NBA 2K21 is adding unskippable ads to their uh, game loading screens, which is uh, annoying to some people. Um, unlike the uh, um, the UFC thing that we talked about a few weeks ago, at least people will uh, know about these ahead of time, I guess. I guess. At least you know. Um, it's just disappointing to see... Um, Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, when did that come out? So is it ahead of time, or is it, or, is it, or are they a- adding them after the fact? Uh, I don't know. I mean, this article's from two days ago. This is, the game's already out, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's already available. So this is happening after the fact, which is awful. And it's just proving that advertising in these AAA games is becoming inescapable. And I know some people, I think with sports games, it's going to be uh, easier for some people to swallow because they're, you know, your, your, your live televised sports are already swamped with ads. That's what we kind of talked about with the UFC thing was that it's annoying, but some people were trying to defend it because that's how it looks when you're watching it on TV. Uh, I don't want to buy a game. And then I, I, I just, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm buying ads. So this was an Oculus ad and this, and this is a YouTube video from uh, what is this? Steve Iver. Um, so it like goes to like a little billboard. It says 2K2 TV. And then you're watching an, a, an ad, a real ad, for the Oculus. 
play for real Oculus, then it goes back to your game. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, I would say if, if it's silent at least, but if it's fucking audio, like say the, if the game's going to load up no matter what and take 15 seconds, if you put something in front of there, I, I personally would not care as much. I'll ignore it. But if it's audio and intrusive, yeah, then it's like, fuck off. Right. If it's just visual, I, I mean, I have to, I'm, I'm going to be, it, it, it's annoying, but that load screen is going to be there anyways. But if it's audio that's there, it's like, fuck you then. Cause now, now it's, now it's like, yeah, now we're, in, we're, we're, we've crossed, we've crossed the, the Rubicon, right? Now, the, <laughs> yes. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, this stuff doesn't impact, impact me much because I don't play a lot of the games that this is affecting, but it's one of those things that will probably eventually trickle down even into the smaller games that I enjoy, and I'm not looking forward to that day where video games become like watching TV where you have to count on commercial breaks and shit like that. That just sure. seems absurd. Sure. All right, anything else to add? No. No, nothing, nothing else happened the past weekend that was worthwhile to talk about. I had a good veggie burger yesterday. Not yeah. turkey, a veggie burger. Was it? Was, was it? Was it impossible? No, it was. Uh, I think it was a different one. I think it was uh, awesome burger or something it's, like it's that. It's still the same plant based thing. Yeah, it was plant based one. It was really good. Um, one of Vani's friends works for a uh, restaurant that was um, uh, adding a whole bunch of like plant based stuff to their menu. So. It, like friends and family of people who worked there uh, were allowed to show up and order something, and then you took it to go, basically to try it and let them know what you thought. And it was really tasty. Those they've come an incredibly long way with plant-based meat products. No, they're getting closer. Yeah, they're getting closer. Now keep in mind, they're not that much healthy necessarily in meat, but it's but it's not. It's not why you're eating it. No, you, you, you're eating it because it's better for the fucking planet. Better for the planet, or, or, or because you don't want to eat animals. Yeah, so there's, there's, lot, animals. there's lots of reasons why you you, you yeah. would you would eat it. Um, but the one that I think, uh, yeah, always gets people. That's not true, and people think this about vegetarian and vegan food all the yeah, time. Yeah, not healthier. Uh, is that you know it's healthier? Well, it depends on how you do it. Yeah. There are still plenty of ways. I mean, if you're loading something up with veganaise, you know, or you know, like vegetarian, you know, cheese, or, yeah, like or those sauces. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's vegan ranch; it's still fats and oils yes. and, or butters. With yeah, if you use butters for your plant foods, uh, well, butter is not vegan, but yeah, for vegetarian, though. sure. Yeah, you ever I mean, been ever ever eat Indian food? It's fucking delicious, and it's also not it's great awful for you. for you. Yeah, there's not, there's not meat in most of those, but they're still awful for you. It's delicious though. Yes, but that's the point. So do it because you care about the carbon footprint, or you don't want to eat animals. But the health wise, it's 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 slightly better. If, like if you look at something, but it's like yeah, it's not significant. You're not going to be dropping pounds and pounds necessarily eating, you know, this impossible meat no and i mean if you were to compare a double you know cheese impossible burger to a you know a a double fucking fat boy burger uh yeah the the impossible burger is going to be healthier for you but you've still got all those carbs and things on there why am i talking about health i'm not healthy i'm dying slowly we all are technically no i'm dying faster than everyone else you don't you don't look that bad i don't know why you keep saying this you can put yourself you don't i don't think you look 40 the world is killing me patrick like a couple of crows people who doesn't you know, you're you're not wrinkly. I actually don't mind my gray hair. It's very it's very statesman on you, Ian. Gray hair it looks like, like it looks like you'd be in Congress in the 1850s with, 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 with that look. <laughs> it's my reward for making it this long. That's how I look at my. You gray think you live to be 40? Uh, I mean, in my youth, I was curious about whether or not I'd make it to 40. With your strip use, and, uh, uh, I, I mean, I, I'm much healthier now in terms of. You stopped smoking. That's remember when I first met you, I fucking harangued you to stop smoking. Yeah, because I. I I can't be friends with smokers. I just can't. Like, I just can't. 
I still go through a pack about a year. About a pack like a year. Like one a month? You pick a day once a month to smoke a cigarette? There's like a couple days a month where I'm like, I'm cranky, and then I'll pull a cigarette A couple out. days? I'll pull a, a cigarette out of my drawer and go outside and puff it down real fast. I'll tap in my foot and looking angry. And then I'll get rid of my cigarette and I'll go back inside. Couple days? Yeah, a couple <laughs> days, Patrick. <laughs> but I'm glad you stopped. The smoking ages the shit out of you. It sure does. It's terrible. I'm smoking a lot, too. I've I got to get you on the supplements, though, still. I got to get you on, a, on some supplements. Get some vitamin D going. You take vitamin D? Actually, that's the only vitamin I take is vitamin D. And you feel better with it, though, right? I so, don't even so. know anymore. But I take it. They've got my money. All right, Ian. You're anti-facts. You're anti-science. I'm going to do a two-hour video on you. All right. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape... You can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Ian, this day has finally come. This glorious, wondrous day that for three years I've been, I've been wishing for and predicting and maybe in an email pleading with, with the people at Analog to, for this day to happen. The Analog Duo. Their FPGA PC engine slash TurboGrafx-16 has finally been announced. This was tweeted out on October 16th. The skies parted. The sun shone down on all of us. An all-in-one reimagining of perhaps the most un- underappreciated video game co- systems of all time. Compatible with nearly every NEC system and game format. TurboGrafx-16, PC Engine, Super Graphics, TurboGrafx CD, PC Engine CD-ROM. Do you know how you're supposed to say that? You're actually supposed to say rom-rom. CD-rom-rom. That's what the square is there for. Rom-rom. Okay, that's too cutesy for me. Rom-rom. Super Arcade CD-ROM. 1080p, zero lag, Bluetooth, etc., etc. Completely engineered in FPGA. So uh, this is fantastic. Um, This is one of those things where I woke up and checked Twitter, and uh, my mentions was just uh, everyone under the planet uh, on the planet making sure everyone under the planet i've, I've seen this under the planet the too. world of the retro gaming community weird lizard people um this is exciting uh to me this is my uh this and the game boy are, are, are my two favorite systems and analog has done them now two times in a row ensuring that i will um fret about whether or not i can get something and spend money on their devices um this is something that pat and i have kind of uh posited was was going to happen at some point um i did not think that analog would do just a pc engine uh with uh with um uh, see unlike the sega cd and even with the sega cd um the cd units are out there they're available they are expensive now and they are breaking down but i did not think they would do a pc engine without trying or turbo graphics without trying to um put the cd attachment on uh reason being on the sega genesis the cd attachment is kind of an afterthought on the pc engine more so than the turbo graphics but on the pc engine it's not a good solid half of the library 
is uh, the CD-based yeah. games. That's many, cool. many of the popular games that you think of when you think of PC Engine uh, or Turbo Graphics uh, are the CD-based games. I I did not think that they would half-ass it. They could have left a, the port on the side of it to attach a CD unit, but those are are even harder to find than Sega CDs. They're even sure. more expensive, and more so than the Sega CD, they're even they're generally in worse condition. Sure. So um, I had a feeling that this would be the the system that they would try to do uh, the all-in-one unit on, and they are. Um, in terms of interesting things, um, so the it, it, it mimics a PC Engine or a Turbo Duo. Uh, it does the cards, it does the CDs, it does the import versions of both, uh, however you want to look at it. Basically, it's region-free. Um, but it also does Super Graphics. Uh, Super Graphics was a weird, uh, poorly supported, not successful, um, almost like half-step step up upgrade to the um, card, the yeah. card unit. Um, so it, you know, it's like it was, the 32x of the PC Engine, kind of. It was kind of their <laughs> attempt to, yeah, make it more like a Super Nintendo, or you know, get it closer, uh, more on par with what the um, the the you know the Super and the Genesis were doing. Which is funny because the PC Engine is no slouch. No. Um, but there's only a handful of games released for it. Most of them are expensive. Uh, and I believe the original Super Graphics... Only five games, yeah. Yeah, and the, uh, I, there's like Mad King Grand Zort, Dai Makaimura, which is Ghosts and Goblins. Ghouls and Ghosts. Uh, there's uh, 1944. 41 Counterattack. Uh, okay, I don't remember what the other two are. Aldines and Battle oh, Ace. Yeah, okay, Aldines. Um, so like, this is a, this was a, yeah, this was their 32X, this is a failure. Uh, it looks weird as hell too. The console. It's ugly as fuck, yeah. and there's no way to hook the CD unit up to the Super Graphics. So this is interesting in that it's the first time you'll be able to easily switch between. Um, you had to buy that two. weird gray one to hook it up. You couldn't use a regular one. You had to, you had to buy the CD-ROM. Yeah, that, that other weird one that's harder to find. Oh, so, I thought you couldn't do it at all. I'll look on Wikipedia. It's hooked up, but you you, you, you need that that this one, the, the gray one that that looks like that that one. Gotcha. Um, so other things that were announced, uh, the, the, the big thing is that they are doing the turbo, they're doing the card adapter for the, um, Game Boy, uh, the, the analog pocket, which I was expecting to see, um, with the pocket having two FPGAs, there's really no reason other than size, uh, that you wouldn't be able to, you know, basically adapt anything into there that's cartridge based if there's an FPGA for it. So this makes sense. Um, it, may, and it makes sense why they delayed announcement. They wanted to wait to, for this. Then it's like, okay. Because I kind of knew that you'd have to be able to throw this on there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I wanted to talk about is um, the. So when analog generally releases a product, first of all, I, I, I realize that there are problems with analog, their pre-ordering, and how uh, they kind of communicate with the customers. Um, and I, I'm not certain that it's going to be better this time. It already says uh, limited supplies. I wish they would do some sort of open pre-order, uh, especially this far out, because this is definitely going to be a shit show uh, when it comes time to pre-order. Um, but unlike other analog products, um, you know, you always see when they announce something like the uh, the Mega FG, um, the Pocket, the the analog NT, the the NT. Um, there are people who don't see the value in the um, purchase price. Um, some people do, but when you look at something like the Super NT, there's you know that there is a you can get a Super Nintendo for cheaper. It's not going to upscale. 
you know it's not going to be designed to you know uh work with the tv the same way or output the same quality picture but there's still hardware out there you know that that will run those games when the oh, po- but, you, but there's also methods to make it hd with a yes, cable yes. or um when the pocket sold out people were upset but you saw a lot of people being like i can go get a game boy or an sp or something like that you know they, people figure it out um the nt or the uh, duo is um interesting because it's the first time they've released something where the price point uh, you can't argue that it's not a value proposition this is coming out at 199.99 um, with a controller, with a Bluetooth controller. With a controller. Mm-hmm. There is no such thing as any uh, comparable uh, NEC um, PC Engine or Turbo... Or Combo, uh, Turbo Graphics CD. ...setup yeah. uh, that would even come close to being as cheap as $200. Uh, it, it just doesn't exist. Um, the setup that I'm using right now, uh, a PC Engine Duo R um, with a... Um, with a uh, RetroTINK SCART 2X, an RGB mod on it, and a region mod on it. Uh, once you factor in getting all those mods, having those mods installed, buying the unit, you are easily looking at something that is costing $500, uh, and I could see that running uh, up to $600 uh, today easily. Um, a PC Engine Duo, Duo R, in good condition, is probably going to run about $300. Um, a US... And that's uh, before you mod it. Before you mod it, yes. That, that's before you mod it that's or, or or if it has mods included if you're lucky to get one off of ebay that already does but you're still going to be paying 300 for unmodded ones too roughly um a uh us turbo duo um i've seen those go for as much as 400 and those require almost always uh a Recapping it. uh yeah replacement of all the capacitors mine was recapped they, they require a, a recap and then all the modifications and stuff on top of it so Long story short, this is the easiest way anyone will have, and the cheapest and way. And upskilled. Yeah. Right. That's what I'm saying. Um, to, to play this stuff, which makes this, I think, very tempting for people who have been waiting to get into PC Engine and haven't. Um, I expect this to sell out quickly. I expect there to be lots of upset and sad people, um, but I'm not going, and I, I wish that could be avoided, but I'm also not going to lie and say I, I, I don't think this is an awesome item. I mean, yes, I want this. This I'm is what I've been waiting th- for. This is the best product they've ever come out with. I will say that. This, this, this product makes the most sense. It's the most reasonably priced for, for what you get. It fulfills a direct need yeah, they're filling a um, hole that is that is that is. I mean, it, expensive and also dying hardware. Yes, it's also their first disc-based uh, system that we're seeing, which is also important. As I always said, there has to be disc replacement systems. Like, car- great, we got most of the cartridge ones done. Great, that's fantastic. What about the disc stuff? And so, this this I don't know how many they're going to produce here, but I really. Th- hope that they reconsider how well limited whatever that means to them based upon the appeal that they at least do a second run because this is also going to be the first time i think people are going to jump in on this i never bought this console before or experienced it especially with with the Turbo graphics mini just came out um earlier this year um so konami is starting to get some of these games back into the public uh public square so to speak i really think that this is something that could sell very like a lot better than you might expect. I think I think they should if there was ever a thing they should take a chance on, 
it, it would be uh, this. Yeah, the PC Engine, um, and it's not just the hardware is expensive and failing. It's also not the easiest thing to figure out if you're if you're new to it. There's many sure. different, you know, there's, and, and a lot of times, you know, the stuff is similar, but there's the PC Engine, the PC Engine core system. Do I need to know the difference between a Duo, a Duo R, a sure. Duo RX? What, what's bad Arcade about... Arcade card. What system card? What's yeah. bad about the US one, you know? Um, uh, yeah, it's 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 not exactly a, a friendly. Um, lots of ins, lots of outs. Yeah, it's it's not <laughs> it's, it's it's not a friendly ecosystem necessarily yeah. for 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 new collectors. Uh, so yes, I agree. Um, this is kind of a one stop thing, and I do think that, like I had said, like you said, lots of people who have been thinking about it for a while will say, okay, if I can get this, then I will start buying PC Engine stuff. I like the fact that there's not a lot of moving parts. It's not a tray. It looks like, it looks like it's one of those pop-in things, and you press a button, it'll pop out the disc, it looks like. It's not an actual tray. You have to worry about that. Um, it would have been nice to have kept it with a pop-up. Yeah, but, I bet but that's... It's probably an expense thing. It's probably harder to get that nowadays, that tech versus just a little sliding thing, I guess. Yeah, if I have one design problem, it's that because those motors can go. Um, mm. I would have much preferred just a, a flip top that you can you know drop the CD in. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The only other thing that seems kind of uncertain is that they don't outright say if you will need the arcade card or not. It does say Super Arcade CD-ROM up in the top big text. Um, it also says that down below, but technically original PC engines were compatible with those too. You just, you needed the arcade card. So I don't know if the arcade card would be built in. I, I, I would I think, think it would, would be, yeah. but I'm just surprised they did not clarify that. I think that, yeah. I don't, um, think, I don't think they'd want people to get this and have to go out and buy a, th- a 30 or whatever, $40 arcade card. Also, I realize that these are 30 or 40 you Whoa. think 30 or 40 that's, that's when i bought mine yeah no well, it, says, it says right here you know, super arcade cd-rom on this website I, I pointed that out i just i don't know if it'll do i hopefully it'll do it without the card it just doesn't say it specifically um also i realize that these are renders but all the pictures of the cards going into the system um show the card going really deep into the system there are a few uh um, PC Engine games that are in thicker cards. Um, the Super Street Fighter, or the Street Fighter 2 CE has a thicker card. Um, so basically, they're thin on the front. Well, you have the you have Street Fighter 2, don't you? Yeah, it's thin on the front, but then it, it bubbles up and it's fatter in the back, so they can put more chips in it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I believe Populous does that. So if you have to stick the card in as far as it shows, um, it's not going to be able to fit those cards. I'm assuming that is something they will take care of. Like I said, it's just a render, but that's something that I thought of. I'm sure they'll figure that out um, there. That that would stink that you can't play a few cards like that. Especially because the Street Fighter port on uh, Turbo is is very, very good. And it's It's definitely something. It's one of the first games most people want to get when they pick up a PC Engine or a Turbo. Because it's a a miracle that that fucking port is as good as it is. But it's it's amazing. Um, Yeah. Yeah, it says says it right there. I mean, compatibility. Hue cards, Turbo chip, CD-ROM-ROM, Super CD-ROM-ROM, Arcade CD-ROM-ROM. It's right there. Uh, Region free, worldwide compatibility. Um... Scale line options, scalar options. Yeah, we all know that. that that's that's typical yeah. stuff at this point. That's uh, it's 1080 or 720p or even 480p. Lag free, zero signal. Blah blah blah. Um, it has two USB ports for your own controllers, or it has the original, I guess, PC Engine port. 
Uh, it uses the turbo port. Oh, it's using the turbo one? I think it says it uses the turbo port. Oh, it is there. a bigger... That's kind of... Well, there's a lot more turbo controllers out there. You can get an adapter for a PC engine anyway. If you there, are, there are adapters, yes. Yeah, I mean, that, that's actually smart because there's not too many... Well, U.S. ones. It's hard to find a U.S. turbo duo controller, but... Uh, okay, that's a great... Actually, that's, a, that's great that they did that. Uh, if you want the multiplayer, I guess you still got to use that good old turbo tap. There's no, there's, <laughs> there's no way around that. You got to turbo tap it. That's it. kind of cute that they only have the one, I guess. Um, original style cartridge slot, two X, two, uh, two USBs, uh, SD card firmware updating, Bluetooth, 2.4 G and two USBs. There you go. It supports the analog DAC that we spoke about, uh, well, like last year we talked about that at the time. And then, and then the controller has a 20 hour battery life. Wow. That's, that's damn good. There you go. So yeah, I'm, I'm in. I'm in for this for sure. Yep. I, I, mean, I mean, I was in for the pocket as well. The pocket, there'll probably be a, a second per run eventually, but I'm, I'm in. Uh, they I, said they were going to do another. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, I mean, they've done second print runs for stuff because they realized there was demand for it, but they really want to make sure that, I guess, the demand's there before they do it for some of this. But uh, yeah, this is going to this is gonna sell out. When I saw $200, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. They could have charged 300 bucks for this and people were going to buy it. I, I sent it to one of my friends who is usually very, very skeptical of stuff like this. And he was like, this looks neat. And then he was like, wait a second, 200 And I was yes. like, yeah, 200 bucks. And he was like, okay, yeah, that's a game changer. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, this, this is no longer... Truly. Well, I got to think about it. It's like, no, there's no... There's no thinking. It's just do it. Will this bring down the, uh, the price, you think, of the modded stuff a bit? Someone asked. I don't think it will. Um, it, it could. It has the potential to, but uh, I don't think it's going to bring, bring the price of anything down. This is going to sell out very quickly, and it, all it's going to do is raise the price of the analog duo to the price of what people are buying. If, they, if people scalp them. If not more. I, I think it's going to make the price of this very expensive. It's not going to... You would have to really... I think you could bring the price of the the, the uh, official modded it, hardware yeah. down. Yeah, you could, I think but you would, would you would bit. you would need to release more of them than analog is probably going to release. Let's say they do five thousand or ten thousand. Yeah, I don't think that's going to have any meaningful effect. On... Okay, well, well, let's say if I was in the market for for one of those, I'd wait for this, obviously, because like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm sure. And then if you, and then if you don't get it, you can go back to. But like I said, I don't think yeah. that's going to actually change the price of anything meaningfully. Okay, I think uh, I think if I had a choice, I think I'd go for the white one because I already have a Turbo Duo, obviously, and I have a Turbo Duo in the box that I got from Nintendo. Dan, I think the US Duo looks dumb. You don't uh, like it? I don't. So I would I would definitely go the white one. Yeah, I don't like I don't get like some, the black one. Get some get some Butterfinger fingers fingers on there though yeah. <laughs> some cheese fingers uh, g- good job good job analog i mean i kind of let's put it this way when i had asked kind of in emails hey guys you working on this i get like non-answers i'm like okay th- th- this is this is happening because i got all the other fpgas worked out for like 8-bit and 16-bit for the most part they're all done right in one form or another um so so the question remains after this do they try to do a Sega Saturn one. That'd be the second biggest deal if they did a Sega Saturn one like this. That would be huge. I wouldn't necessarily be interested in that for me, but if they did, that would be something I would absolutely look into for Vani. Um, but because it's the same sort of issue versus like the Turbo Duo. Yeah, the the the, the I mean, and, and it's getting to the point where yeah, Saturns are falling apart. And they are uh, getting more expensive, and they're just getting harder to find. And while the OneDrive em- or the optical drive emulation um, emulators exist, and I think they're great, I think there are people who uh, still would want to be able to put their discs in yeah. and play their discs. Lots of people have the games. 
Yeah. It's hardware um, preservation. It's fantastic. And, and that's kind of my thing. Like, you know, uh, people always talk about how you can crack and, and, and do all that stuff with the, the analog uh, stuff, too, which makes a, a definite, which, which, even, which increases people's interest in it. But honestly, the reason I, I go after these is because I already have a large physical collection of the games for... Um, PC Engine and Game Boy. If I didn't, I, I honestly wouldn't be nearly as interested. I could find something cheaper to do use as an emulating device if I just wanted to load something up with ROMs. Sure. I'm just glad that it says on the website clearly that this is limited here. Because I went back and I looked at the, all the Game Boy social media. The very first announcement yes, for the, the first one Pocket, like a year and a half ago, said oh, this is going to be limited. After that, they never said it again. So we, we, no one had any idea. Right. It was lost. So maybe they learned that, okay, we should say it's limited right now so people aren't pissed if it sells out in 10, 15 minutes. You know. So, all right, Ian, we're going to plan for this. We're, if you get up early, get one for good old Pat, and I'll pay you. I'll bet. Right. <laughs> we'll do. I should, I should have said that for the pocket. I had no idea with the pocket that it, that it was limited. And I wake up, oh, it's gone. Fuck. That <laughs> yeah, was crazy. That's nuts. All right. Uh, Ian. Patrick. This is an interesting uh, story about Sega released an unfinished Golden Axe demo. So, yeah. Um Weird story. It goes some places. Uh, so Sega back, Sega of Australia in 2012 was working on a um, a package of games that was going to um, kind of freshen up or reintroduce some of their old IPs. Um, I can't remember what the name of that package was supposed to be. It was it was canceled anyways, but it was going to have um, an endless runner Shinobi. Um, it's going to have an endless runner shinobi it was going to have a new golden axe there was something else it was going to have they were going to be connected by like a hub world and um sega during their 60th anniversary released a bunch of interesting things uh many of them for free to uh steam one of them that i thought was cool was called uh streets of kamarocho which was basically uh yakuza mixed with streets of rage 2 they did a full graphic swap and all that so they were releasing kind of like fun things for their fans well one of the things they released was this golden axe demo that was supposed to be part of the um, software package that i was talking about um and it had been canceled so they gave it the you know humorous title golden axed and it's a one stage demo and i have it downloaded and unfortunately i did not get a chance to play it because i'm ill prepared um so people thought it was interesting to see and it is it's cool to see this unreleased stuff come to light and um you know kind of get to see behind the scenes what's you know what, what what they've been doing with some of these games that haven't come out uh, and lots of people have been calling for sega to work on their old properties um sega seems particularly weird about revitalizing their older stuff it took forever to get streets of rage 4 it was like 30 years almost mm-hmm. since the original um people definitely want to see a new golden axe it's probably one of the ips that comes up the most um unfortunately uh it the the, re- the release of it wasn't without its own little bit of uh drama um where is my there it is uh tim dawson uh who worked on it um you know uh put out an informative twitter thread uh giving his take on it uh because he was one of the guys who worked on it so woke up to the surprising news that sega is releasing the golden axe prototype i coded in 2012 under crunch conditions this appears to be a surprise to everyone that i worked on uh, he goes on to say this project was my personal nexus of nightmare hours, inept management, industry realizations, and heroic achievements achieved with a small team under unreasonable conditions. He said it's weird to see it eight years later without context, zero credits, and a joke title sequence. Right then and there, it's kind of 
I understand that that annoyance. If you're going to throw something out uh, for people, at least credit the people who worked on it. Um, you know, Sega puts this stuff out. It's not like there weren't people behind it who had to put in some effort to make it. You know, it's not like they just found this weird artifact sitting in the bottom of a closet. There's a story behind it. Um, they talked. So he goes on to talk about how um, they had to create it in like a week and a half. He was putting in 14, 15 hour days and um they they shit canned it so um he's he, he quotes from the steam page he's he, he says uh golden axed maybe janky maybe buggy maybe an artifact of its time but it offers a unique glimpse into the prospect of a project that could have been and he says go fuck yourself parasites i i realize that the way it, it, it there's there's a weird i think the way that that was posted on the page is very dismissive of the fact that there was any human involvement in it and they kind of released it as as a joke um i I do think that crediting the people who worked on it especially after reading the story behind it probably would have been a nice thing to do so sega initially thought it was funny described them as janky and artifact of its time well it could be an artifact of its time but calling something janky because some guy worked on it for two weeks only yeah, that's kind of disrespect. Yeah, artifact yeah. of its time because you, I mean, you didn't uh, give it time to flourish. Like it, it's, you, you know, it's it's not like it was shit canned because it, yeah, it makes it sound like oh, this was horrible, so we didn't come out. Like, no, you, you gave it like two yeah. weeks to come up with something. And weird marketing decisions yeah. prevented it from getting released. So that did kind of leave a bad taste in my mouth. Someone does go on to ask, you know, uh, I don't know if I can find it. Um, I can't find the exact response, but someone does ask him, you know, should, you know, do you, how do you feel about people playing? And he's like, oh, if you want to check it out, he's like, definitely check it out. You know, he was happy yeah. with the work they had did. He's like, it's out there. You might as well. He's like, I just wish, you know, they had released it better. You know, he's like, they, there, there could have been a story to tell there. Let me, let me, I'll actually read Tim Dawson's, his little thread here, this part of it, because this tells you the experience of what happens at the meeting when he showed this after, yeah. after like, like a week and a half, two weeks of trying to throw something together, like... It's a you know a week and a half two weeks to throw something playable together. Yeah, no, this part made my blood boil. Okay, um, we had two weeks and no time to iterate, so we, we made do. We just really attacked the design, knowing we wouldn't be able to course correct much. But luckily, we had a talented team of artists, animators, sound designers. So you basically come together. All right, you work on this. You work. Let's like, just fucking go. Let's just try to do something proof of concept. All right, so I'll skip that part. A week or so in the league campaign for branching the, the prototype and making a Streets of Rage pitch concurrently because to him they were the same game. It took it took me sending a two a.m. email to the studio head and 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 a let's go for a coffee and a chat the next morning to get that stopped. That's unbelievable. Yeah, you work at Sega and you think they're close to being the same game, Streets of Rage and Golden Axe. They feel entirely different. The biggest gut punch came a week and a half in. Combat was working; it was all on track. I was called for a meeting in the big room, so I put the latest build on the network and went to see what was up. All of management was sitting around the big table. I showed the game. Grave faces. There was a pause. Where's the wow factor, someone asked. The lead designer once again complained it wasn't a God of War-like 3D brawler like he wanted. This is a lead designer who doesn't know anything about Golden Axe and he and wants a 3D brawler. Okay. Someone said maybe it, it had been better to have made a pre-rendered video where the barbarian fought a monster. This would be my worst nightmare. Yeah. I'm working on a game. I probably know more about the history and love this game more than I was, and people are telling me shit about a game that has nothing to do with the game that I'm, I'm working on. But this is a nightmare. I experienced a moment of clarity. Either they couldn't see what was in front of them or wanted me to feel bad because it's the only way they knew how to manage. I was the guy who makes playable prototypes. I had over-delivered, and if they didn't want that, they had screwed up. 
I've been working 14 hour days. I went home on time that day. I laid in my bed staring at the ceiling. They didn't want it. They wanted something else entirely. I came to my conclusion. They didn't, they, they didn't matter. I would continue doing exactly what I intended to try and deliver what Santana, Mishra, and I had planned in the beginning. So I did. Effects and polish were added. More sounds implemented. Combat timing sped up and input windows widened to make combos executive friendly. The finished build was revealed and the same management team that had negged me earlier, I guess neglected me earlier, lined up to tell me how good or neg- negatively okay neg is the term yes. that pickup artists use you make them you make feel, someone feel bad. feel bad to give so that lower they their feel, self-esteem yes okay neg me earlier line, line lined up to tell me how good it was now I, I felt dead inside not just because of a couple of long seven day work weeks and starved rsi in my right arm that would go into jeopardize development of android cactus but because i had no trust left in the people who ran things from the steam page golden x Golden Axe may be janky, maybe buggy, maybe an artifact of his time, but it offers a unique glimpse into the prospect of a project that could have been. And he says, go fuck yourself. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mismanagement, awful management. It sounds like too many, too many cooks in the kitchen that, oh, let's do this. Let's do this. Not realizing, hey, this guy put something together in two weeks. You should be happy. Right. Something together Especially something weeks. that, you know, looks yeah. as nice as it does from the, 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 the trailer. And it's something that from, you know, from his perspective was t- staying true to Golden Axe, but also incorporating shit that they wanted put into this version. Right. So it's like, what else do you want me to do? I've done everything I can for you. This is this gives, gives you a glimpse of how how fucked up Sega is. Like just like stuff like this that w- yeah. went on. Like this tells you why Sega is at the low point. It still is, and trying to get out of the fucking. Well, that, I mean, pit. that was that was Sega Australia, which is why Sega Australia is no longer around. It's just bad shit going on. Oh God! All right. Well, anything else to add? Yeah, changing the title to Golden Axes, that's just weak. Like, why even do that? Like, why? Yeah, I don't know. It could have been a cool thing. They could have done it the right way. They didn't. This portion of the CU Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Autumn is in the air, Ian, and Manscaped is here to ensure you don't carve your pumpkins when you're grooming. In fact, Manscaped is on a mission to change the way you approach caring for your body and balls. And great news, they just released their products in the U.K., Canada and Australia. Wowie zowie. Let's talk about the Lawnmower 3.0. It's the best trimmer for your whole body. It offers a replaceable ceramic blade with advanced skin safe technology, which helps reduce grooming accidents. And their new Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer offers the exact same technology. So you're not going to hurt yourself when you're trimming those delicate nose hairs. Crop kit includes the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. It includes body wash, shampoo. They don't offer just trimmers. They offer everything for your morning grooming needs. These formulations are all vegan, cruelty-free, dye-free, sulfate-free, and paraben-free. So you know your manhood is in good hands. All right. Right now, you can get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code CUPODCAST. Again, Go to manscaped.com and use code CU Podcast to get 20% off. Take care of your balls this fall. All right, Ian. Yeah. A semi-important console just turned 35 years old. October 18th, 1985, the Nintendo Entertainment System was launched in North America. Wowie zowie. More importantly, it was, it was launched in northern New Jersey and New York City. More specifically, that's where it launched. Not really North America. It, it launched in the, not even the greater tri-state area. Part of the tri-state area launched. The team, led by Howard Phillips, were staying in northern Jersey. They would, they would get up every day. They'd go out to, go out to malls. They'd go out to you know, FAO Schwartz. They would set up themselves... This stupid game console with a stupid robot and a zapper gun. 
and sell it to people walking by. Hey, look at the... They'd, they'd basically have the mall carts in the middle of the malls. You know, hey, hey, try out this game. Here's a controller. This is obviously at a time where video game consoles were dead in North America. They were seen as a joke. They were being clearanced out. You know, $40 Atari games were now being sold for like $5. No one wanted them. It was, it was, it was, it was, it was labeled a fad. It was done. Computers were here. Computers is really what you need for your house. Not these fucking little toys that are garbage games. And there were, and they were garbage games for the most part on consoles at that point. Once you got to the video game crash, there was no quality control. Everyone was trying to cash in, putting out uh, any game they could fucking program in two weeks, program games and just get those games that program in two weeks. (laughs) Those actually released and and got out there Uh, and they were terrible. So obviously, Nintendo, the little, little, the little console that could, you know, Nintendo of Japan was like, okay, let's just try this. We have no faith in the market over there. Let's just see if this works. And obviously, it slowly worked. And obviously, it helped turn around the industry in North America. And Nintendo's a, a little, a little company today that still exists and still making money uh, overall. Obviously, they still would have done well in Japan, but you know, they're a juggernaut. Obviously, um, so obviously, we 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 cannot say anything about the NES we haven't said before. Uh, it'd, be, it'd be tough not to, but we. I figure that on the 35th anniversary, it harkens you back to 10 years ago on the 25th anniversary, and what has changed in 10 years. On the 25th anniversary of the NES, there wasn't a huge amount of fanfare, believe it or not, at the time. One of the reasons I, I thought about doing the NES marathon was just because of that. I was seeing, oh, there's nothing really. I see nothing really going on about looking back at Nintendo's history and past, and it was kind of weird to me to see that. It was very important, obviously, one of the most important game consoles of all time. Ten years later, we have a lot better appreciation for retro gaming in the history. A sure. lot changed in ten years. I mean, a lot. Not just how we look and our hairstyles. And, you know, we basically went opposite on hairstyles in ten years. Short for a while. <laughs> it's true. But that's what I thought of immediately. So on the 25th anniversary, there was almost nothing out there in terms of articles or coverage from gaming websites and there's a lot more gaming websites 10 years ago holy shit how many have gone out of business in 10 years uh, oh yeah tons tons are gone to cover and now you see great things in, now about you know hearkening back you know video game history foundation uh our, our nintendo power talking about well here's the invitation to the original launch party and, you know things like that here's the original magazine article they ran promoting it and it's like okay we're really tr- starting to understand the impact and how this came out to the public 35 years ago and that's what's fascinating to me to, to be able to be on the ground then and see it develop, seeing it in the stores originally, that would have been fascinating for me to have seen that and seeing the reaction from consumers that just two, three years ago, not even had gotten so burned on shitty games. Now try something new to you that looks a little bit different, but we understand you're skeptical, but here, try out Duck Hunt. Put this in your hand, the Zapper. Play the Super Mario Brothers game and just, just try to... Re- reteach people about what video games were after they had just gotten so incredibly burned in the marketplace. Right. And that's something that I, I, I'd like to see more of a celebration of. of uh, again, it was it was a ragtag team that did it. I mean, it literally was. And they, they, they got out there, they worked hard, and they, they sold it person to person and then slowly built it up and then launched it, what was it, in L.A. in early uh, 86, and then it was slowly trickled out from there. Um, the... Uh, Nintendo itself is in a different place too when you compare it, you know, to the twenty-five years or ten years ago when uh, the twenty-fifth anniversary was and the thirty-fifth now. Um, I mean, since that time, they, I mean, ten years ago, you check in on them; they're they're coming off the the wave of popularity and success that the Wii 
uh, gave them. Um, but I think Nintendo is starting to feel like a different company to some people too, with the Wii and its its extreme focus on um, casual players and getting as many people in on it as as you could. Uh, there, the failure of the Wii U had not yet happened. Um, the 3DS hadn't even been released yet. So it's crazy to think about what has occurred. So much in ten years. In, in ten years, or yeah. did what? Or did the 3DS come out, or had and it had just been out? I was trying to look, find the 3DS. Uh, 3DS release date. Trying to find the 3DS release date. It may have just come out. It was 2011. Okay, right so, so yeah, there was there was it was right before um, those two things. Two years before the Wii U, a year before the 3DS, and then seven years before the Switch. And then and 35, you know, 35th anniversary of the NES. Now we look at now, and Nintendo is, um, you know, doing just about as well as they've ever done um, with the the Switch. Um, it's yeah. not it's not quite the the sales levels of the Wii U, but I, or of the Wii, <laughs> not the Wii U. Uh, it's not quite the sales levels of the Wii, but um, I think that Nintendo as a company is probably on the. Uh, I think their image is probably doing a bit better. There were a lot oh, of people yeah. who didn't like the Wii. I mean, oh, despite sure. how successful the Wii was, uh, lots and lots of people shit on the Wii. Called it a fad, said that motion controls weren't going to go anywhere. And, and I mean, and sure enough, motion controls really didn't go anywhere after that. Uh, they became a, you know... A, that was a fad. That yeah, was the motion fad. controls are definitely a fad. I mean, they still, obviously, it still may, may persisted in their next two consoles and in the Switch, there is motion control. So, but it's not what they're leaning on. They're not leaning on it. There are instances where motion control kind of makes makes sense um gyroscopic control uh in a first person shooter is a huge hugely awesome yeah. thing for people like me who are, you know can't fucking aim with their right hand but yeah motion control in general is not you know it's it's not the wave of the future we're not going to start seeing that on every system again yeah but even if they never sell a hundred million uh switches which hell i mean god it's it, we're, we're th- what, three and a half years in so who the hell knows uh maybe they'll sell 20 more and get close but the, the software sales have been I mean, God, like every game that comes out, that's a big hit, sells, you know, 10, 20 million units. Right. It's nuts. So, I mean, the attach rate has to be a hell of a lot better than than the Wii was. Has oh sure, be. absolutely has to be. So many people bought the. I mean, we've talked about it. It's been talked about everywhere. So many people bought the Wii and just kind. Of, it was like the Game Boy. A lot of people bought the Game Boy and kind of left it with Tetris. Yeah. A lot of people bought the Wii and left it with with with, with Wii Sports. Nintendo uh, is very good at nailing the pack in games, and I I think for you know a, a lot of that older person market that people talk about Nintendo getting with the Wii. Um, Wii Sports was kind of all they needed, all they wanted. See, this is telling me on this website that there was a nine attach rate to the Wii. But does that include like like virtual console games or is that actual buying games? I I would argue it's probably a combination of both. That seems like that's I don't think that the average would have been nine bought games on the Wii. That seems high to me. Eh. Versus how many they actually sold. I don't know. Shovelware was abundant and cheap. I, I could see that. Let me see the article while you go on. But all right, go back to the NES though. Well, obviously the the NES, you know, we would talk about how how you know it, it helped revolutionize the consoles. You had the, the, a proper D pad on a controller. Yep, and two face buttons. Saying okay, we're done with this one button bullshit. We're done with with dumb experimentation like with uh, with the Vectrex controller. It's weird. That's a janky controller. Or the Intellivision was a disastrous controller. The 5200 was a disastrous controller. The ColecoVision controller isn't the best. This is going to be your controller basically going forward. Something's going to look like an NES controller going forward until the end of time. That's what we decided. That's what works. 
and that's what we like. And sure. that was hugely important uh, to establish that. It also established, though, a, uh, a greater partnership, or at least firmed it up here, between the third parties and, and, and your first party, saying, we're not going to allow this shit to come out on our console anymore. You have to go through us at least a little bit and get our okay. And obviously, there was little lawsuits here and there when it came to certain things, and Nintendo did push too far when it came to some of this. Yes, there's, but, there, there's a happy medium between yes. letting all the crap on it that Atari had on their system and being as hard-nosed about it as Nintendo. But sure. there did need... I mean, they addressed the fact that there did need to be, excuse me, some sort of quality control. They had they overcorrected, but they had to. Right. They, 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 and, and yes, crap did get out on the NES. But at least the crap that came out, you know, wasn't broken shit. You know, like that's that's the difference. You know, for the most part, you can. Yeah, say- there's there's nothing really on the NES that I can think of that is a truly broken that's, game in, ter- just in terms of yeah. just in terms of you can't play it. Yeah, that's licensed. You can play it. it might not be good, but yeah, we're not, we're not talking. You know, Color Dreams games or Action Fifty Two. Obviously, those are unlicensed, and Nintendo would never have licensed those anyway because the the quality wasn't up to up to snuff. You know, Wally Bear quality and wasn't up to snuff. Probably they probably needed a little more debugging and uh, smooth out some of those rough patches on Wally Bear. <laughs> Love that Wally Bear. Oh, he doesn't. That's one of the better unlicensed games that isn't a, a, a Tengen game. Yeah, very obviously. much. Somehow it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, N- Nintendo. You know, I mean, yeah, that that console is obviously hugely important, and it's a reason why. You know, we we think about it all the time. I would never have imagined in 2010 we would have gotten. The NES Classic. I thought, well, I, I'll no, like that, that, the, the that, the retro, the the shift towards the, uh, acknowledging retro and celebrating it from Nintendo. The virtual console to me didn't count because they just threw that shit on there and it's just like it's on there. You can buy it. You know, they didn't focus on it. it's like it's on there. You can buy. It. I mean, I was still shocked to see Turtle Graphics 16 games offered. That still blew my mind back. Then I was like, holy shit, this is so weird for me to see this in Sega games on, on a Nintendo console. But the, the actual celebration of their own retro stuff the the shit that happened like we'll say five years later and and more gearing towards that that to me was like okay we've arrived now we've arrived well we're, we're not just weirdos talking about 30 you know 30 year old consoles it's acknowledged now it's more widespread now this this is this is fun we we we're here now yeah we're here we're, we're not just the people yelling inside of a cave arrival so, all right. Anything else to add on, on the on the thirty fifth anniversary? Do you have one? How about one NES memory to share that that is like stands out that you haven't really one before? NES memory that stands? Because we've talked about tons of them. We talked about me with Kevin eating eating you know steak and, and green peas and mashed potato on the bar downstairs while Kung Fu was paused on the big console TV. And that's, that that'll be that'll be ingrained in my head the first time I played the NES. That'll be ingrained in, in my head that that memory forever no man i don't know i don't really have anything to say that hasn't been said a billion times before did you ask for that for christmas or your brother got it for christmas or when did you No, it? it just showed up under the fucking tree i had no idea what one was that's that that, that goes into the whole uh see that's what happens when you have nice parents they get yeah. you stuff that that if that you know you're gonna love that you don't know exists or maybe i was aware of it vaguely i mean i knew what video uh, games were like my my dad you know we had already had the apple 2e in the house and i i i took to that thing oh yeah very quickly and i had played the uh, atari 5200 over at my grandparents house but i don't think that i was i i don't I, i'm sure i knew of it but i don't i don't remember asking for a nintendo oh i took the i took the subtle uh, ralphie from christmas story approach literally putting like, like the the news clipping in front of my dad at the table. hey yeah look at this it's it's on sale it's only 130 but whatever it cost back then 
So yeah, no, I mean, I, I like I, I always say, I always tell the story, the dumb story about telling my parents to not get the mushroom because it will kill them. I had no idea what the fuck Mario was before I played Mario the first time. Like I said, I was aware of video games. I had played them, but I, I did not know what Nintendo was. So no, I, I think that was a, a system that my parents saw and they're like, this could be fun for the whole family and bought it and i mean we all did the whole family used that thing for the duration of its its lifespan they they played nintendo for quite a few years so it was only a gift for them as well yes oh yeah (laughs) well and i mean uh, at at, at that age my parents would not have had much money so it makes sense that yeah they bought that and that was probably so I don't remember opening much else that year, probably because second. it was expensive. Wait a second. My sister played the NES a good amount, but that, that, that gift was docked towards my dollar amount. Monica, what the, you, you, got, you got off on that one. You, you got off scot-free on that one. Yeah, my brother would have been too young to know what the fuck was going on when we got the Nintendo, and I would have been just happy to see it. So, yeah, it was, it was a whole family gift. Wait a minute. I, I want that money back from that Christmas now in 87. Because my sister got a whole, her, whole, her whole range of, of presents, and she got to play as Mario, and I had to be Luigi. No, I'm going to be Mario. I'm going to go first. Thanks, Ma. Thanks, Monica. Thanks for that. Bizarre. I got screwed out of that Christmas now, Ian. That should have been a joint present. Because my, my father had a dollar amount, literal dollar amount he set. And we found out later when I was like 18, 19. He didn't adjust for inflation, the dollar amount of, of our like cap of presents. <laughs> he didn't adjust for inflation. And once we found out, like, because we kind of, we kind of, once we got to like the early 20s, you still get presents. Like, obviously, I'm asking for less and less in my early 20s. I can, I can, I have money laying around. I can buy stuff. But it's like, I'm looking at the amount. I'm like, this is like, yeah, we're, we're under a certain cap here. Whatever it was, like $160 or $180 cap. That didn't change from 85 to 2000. You got to, you got to, you got to adjust up with, with the, with the price index, consumer price index, you know, if you're acting as Santa. Sorry. Anyway. Sorry. Happy birthday, Nintendo. 35 years old. You can run for president. There you go. That, that's, your, that's your final frontier in the U.S. Nintendo can run for president. Probably wouldn't do a bad job compared to what we got. All right. All right, Ian, we Patrick, have Patrick, we have a Patreon. Oh. And get there, you go to patreon.com slash podcast. Oh. What do you get at the Patreon, you might ask? Well, for your money and dollars, uh, you get and the dollars? full uh, video podcast. Full video podcast. Uh, you get to uh, I, I do a, a, a hangout every uh, every month. Uh, this past week was fun. I got to see Lisa and Tom and Ty and Alan. It was good times. Uh, uh, Weekly I do writing. Ri- I do writing. I do writing every week. Uh, and uh, you get to vote on a little little old poll topic here. What did we have this week? Don't worry, Pat. I'm gonna tell them. I'm gonna tell them what their choices were this week. Their choices this week were uh, coming in third place with 21 percent of the vote. 21. Besides Super Mario 35, what retro games could make a good battle royale game? 23 percent. 23. What do you miss about gaming conventions? And 56 percent favorite spooky Halloween themed games. Is this for me to answer first? Go for it. Okay. Well, I've done uh, multiple videos uh, of Pat the Ainsby videos of of Halloween themed games in the past. Of course, Um, I'll start with Splatterhouse One Paco Graffiti. It's a great game on the Famicom. It's, fantastic. it's obviously uh, was it a chibi version of Splatterhouse, cartoony, super deformed, super deformed. Is that what chibi means? And um, it's an adorable. It's a actually very well uh, controlling uh, action platformer action game. You have your little hatchet. You chop zombies, you know, in, into pieces, 
and there's uh, cameos of Michael Jackson doing a thriller dance with zombies in a Dracula outfit. Um, and it's really, really a fun game. And you understand why that didn't come out in the U.S. because there were so many, there were so many uh, callbacks to horror movie franchises in, in that game. So it was never going to come out here. Uh, you, w- you wish they could have kind of done it here. Um, but there, it's too violent for a game that would come out in the U.S. Too many, too many, you know, too many uh, licensing issues potentially with other things going on there. Um, that's one. Uh, another one um, is uh, I like Chiller as goofy and bad as it plays. I, I like Chiller for 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 just, just just it's an art. It's like an esoteric artifact on the NES. Unlicensed game, uh, not easy to find. Two player zapper action that does not work because me and you have tried that in past NES marathons, and because it doesn't register more than two, you can't uh, register more than one shot at a time. So it's like, okay, you shoot, then so I shoot. bad. And, but the game wouldn't even register a zapper and hitting the button at the same time. It didn't even handle that. They couldn't even handle that for some reason. Couldn't handle two shots at the same time. Um, so that's a good one a- a- as well to me. Um, what other Halloween ones did I do uh, that were that were pretty decent? Jesus Christ, the one of the uh, the Haunting on Sega Genesis. The, the Haunting starring Poltergeist? Starring Poltergeist. is an amazing game, especially for the time. Uh, amazing uh, concept of going around scaring an awful family, the, the husband, wife, uh, son, and daughter, scaring them out of the house with inventive, gr- uh, well-animated, sometimes gory scares. Um, I cannot think of another game that's like that. No, neither can I. It was very unique. Um, and that's why when you look at, you know, I've said in my review with the floating Frank head, which is one of the, my, my crowning achievements. Um, <laughs> it was so goofy. Uh, that was like 2014. I don't know why that sticks in my head. That um, while I talked about the Genesis games trying to do things differently, and they did. And, e- and EA at the time was trying to do things differently. They had all different... Uh, basically, EA was an umbrella company still that, like, they were still trying different things and had hands off of certain, you know, smaller, you know, I guess dev groups. And you could not picture The Haunting being a console game today. You just... Being, like, a mainstream release, you just wouldn't picture that. It'd be more like a cute little indie game, but not a console game. So The Haunting, to me, really stands out. And that game probably goes for something now. It went for something at the time, uh, six years ago. Uh, I Uncommon think it's like, game! I think it's like 40... I think it's like 50 complete... I'd say 40 or 50 complete. Surprised it's only that amount. Um, I'm, it's one of those games that I'm always surprised isn't going for more, Whoa. but I don't know. Let's see. $60 with uh, just the, with the manual not complete. What's a compl- For some reason, some of these games is hard to find complete. Uh, it's always like missing the manual or missing the box uh, there. Uh, I'm think, any other modern, more modern Halloween-themed games or, or ones? Uh, let's see. Any on the Super Nintendo that were scary or spooky? Zombies Ate My Neighbors? I like that game. I'm not, I'm not like hardcore zombies ate my neighbors. It, it's okay to me. I'm not like okay. It's fine. It's fun. I, I don't. I don't see the big deal that other people do with that game. I don't. I don't have the love for that as much. Um, and what about you, Ian? Why try to think more? What, what's uh? Um, I mean, so the one that I've been thinking of. I, these aren't necessarily Halloween themed games, but spooky games, scary games. Um, one that I've been playing. It's still in early access, but um, I had been waiting for it to come out for a long time. Came out about a year ago. It's World of Horror on the PC. Um, it's by the developers uh, Pantstaz. Um, it is a one bit. It is a one bit um, 
roguelite horror game. Um, all the all the graphics are uh, black and white, one bit graphics. Uh, it looks a lot like, in terms of like what it was maybe emulating. Um, the layout looks a lot like the layout and the graphics look a lot like the um, early Mac Ventures, uh, Shadowgate, um, Uninvited, uh, Deja Vu uh, when they were originally made for the uh, Macintosh computer, and all the graphics oh, were in black and trailer. white. Um, it's a really good game. Uh, it's spooky. Um, it, it's it's very like uh, eldritch horror, um, fear of the unknown sort of deal. And basically, you control you know uh, people who have to uh, stop the old gods from destroying the world. And to do that, you go through like um, you have to go through. I think it's like six semi randomly generated challenges to get keys to unlock a lighthouse. And it's just it's it's incredibly effective at being um, frightening. Also, I get really into the Castlevania games every year. Oh yeah, Halloween. Yeah, I should say. Yeah, that counts as because it has all the monsters in it. Sure. Yep. Um. So I'm. I've been playing some of those again. I've been playing the first one again. Uh, I've been playing Rondo of Blood again. Um. But what I really want to do is uh download the patched version of Castlevania two and play through it because I really like Castlevania two and I, it, it defi- fixes the it fixes the little puzzle stuff. There's it, definitely problems yeah. in Castlevania two, but I yeah. do want to get the I want to play the patched version that slows down the day night cycle, um, and then yeah retranslates some of the text so that the clues make sense. When it you're slows down the, the cycle. I mean, it elongates it. I thought I mean, it, cl- it, it, it speeds it, up the transition, right? From what I understand, it slows down how often it changes. Ah, oh, but it also speeds up the transition. It speeds up the transition, but I, I, and I could be wrong, but I thought it also um, halved, uh, halved the amount of times it, it switches. But I could be wrong. It might so just it doubled the. It, it okay. might just speed up the transition. Gotcha. So yeah, I, I've been thinking I might want to play that this Halloween. So yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. And then a horror game that I always mention that I would love to play this year, but I don't feel like hooking my 360 back up is Condemned Criminal Origins on the 360. Uh, that one took me by surprise. It's uh, a first-person horror game, um, but it's not. Uh, it's not like a lot of guns. It's almost all like. Um, with your fists and with hand-to-hand weapons, so the monsters are constantly getting up in your face, and you have to learn to deflect and attack back. It's it's a very uh, gets your adrenaline going. And there's some really good set pieces in that game. You know what? It, it's not directly Halloween, but it's spooky. The 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 Nightmare on Elm Street NES game it, it, to me is is underrated a little bit. Sure, a little bit because it's genuinely like tense when you when you when you hear the when you hear the um, the beat that Freddy's going to be coming. You have to get the the radio to, to wake up. Yep. Um, creepy, kind of weird uh, looking Freddy machinations of designs. There is like what four different Freddy creatures that kind of are gruesome. And when you see Freddy for the first time, you do sh- like holy crap because he's powerful. He has the glove. He claws at you, and you know you have to power up or to have a chance. And yeah, it's and it's challenging. So. Yeah, that, that really game, not that bad of a game. No, no, I, I think I gave it a positive review in a certain NES guidebook. I think I reviewed that one. Now, now, now I have issues with the Friday Thirteenth NES game. Still, I think I still think that one is too cumbersome with the map. Uh, that one. Um, oh, I mean, that'll always be the game that I think is a great idea that was executed poorly. That could have been a very good game. Oh yeah, that would be that, that, a hack of that one. Would be interesting if they could fix that. I always keep. I always think that there's going to be one, and I, I, I don't think there is. Not enough interest in that. Uh, what about the, the the Friday 13th game, the indie game that came out, what was it, like four years ago at this point? Three yeah. Year, three year ago, years ago. 
That looked fun. I watched a lot of gameplay videos of that. It Unfor- is fun. Unfortunately, the few times I tried to play it, I, I couldn't get into a game. There was like server issues still. Uh, they like, fixed a lot of that. I mean, so it's, I feel it's still out there. Because I, I know you hooked me up with that, and we never got a chance to play it. Maybe we should do that at some point. Yeah, maybe. Probably do it. Because I know that... Um, is that still supported, right? Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, they added different costumes and things and, and different powers. Spring Break clothing pack on Steam for one ninety nine. Okay, I don't need that. There's so, um, yeah, that was interesting because... I know there was what De- Dead by Daylight, which which is the same genre, but that has a very very well you're gonna be killed feel of a game where you really do feel powerless at times. So again, from the game, all the gameplay I watched, Jason is a hulking beast that you know you don't you can't really take on, so you're constantly running away, and it, and it is kind of kind of fearful when you're playing that. So I think they got that the mood right for that game. Indeed, yeah. You still? You, 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 I haven't uh, played it recently. I've been wanting to go back to that, or I want to try Dead by Daylight. Um, that's the other like big. Uh, did they get Mike Myers for Dead by Daylight? They got the skin for Mike Myers. They did. Yep. So there, there you have it. Yeah, we covered that a lot when it came out. We were we were excited about that. That seems like it was f- longer than three years ago for some reason. That seems like that was like that was like way in the past. It seems like it was seven years ago already. 2017 seems so far long yeah, ago for some really reason. It really does. Way too long ago. Pre Castle Country, 2018. <laughs> All right, well, I think I cut, we covered a good amount of stuff. Without, we did without retreading. We did on that one. So yeah, yeah patreoncom podcast. or you can join us on YouTube. But you can't vote on YouTube, but you get everything early. All right, Q and A time. Oh, there's a Q and A on the CU podcast. Yes, yeah, there's a Q and A. This is from at Lord X Iscariot. The recent rise of GameCube prices on eBay and elsewhere. Discuss discuss Ian's opinions on the on this relating to Luna and other systems he's seen on the rise during the pandemic. Hmm. Well, I didn't realize, but this kind of ties into what we talked about uh, last week. The pandemic is, uh, in terms of like prices of systems um, being popular, uh, the pandemic has it's definitely increased GameCube prices. Uh, I feel like every game that's on the GameCube has a potential to be a $100 game at this point. Um, it's just weird to see stuff come in and, and see the see where the prices are going. In reality, I think a lot of the stuff on the GameCube right now is probably uh, the popular stuff is you know going between $50 and $100. Um, but with the pandemic, everything has gone up and what I saw early on was that people wanted to play video games and I almost feel like just like with everything else that was going on uh, people's panic was influencing their decision so you know you had people going to grocery stores and you know trying to panic buy 8,000 rolls of toilet paper and you had they were panic buying meat and panic buying meat well I had people come into the store and panic buy systems you have a PS3 no well how about a PS2 no well how about this no well what do you have i have a i have a sega genesis well i'm buying that sega genesis and people would just buy fucking whatever they're thinking the internet was going to go down they can't play games in their their modern console (laughs) they gotta buy whatever i have no idea give me a fair child stat i'll play anything (laughs) but um you know people were definitely panicking about what they were going to do how they were going to occupy their time jesus and uh yeah it just didn't seem to um matter uh, what it was. Um, we are starting to see a little bit of people starting to sell some of that stuff back off, um, and prices are starting to go down to normal levels. Like, um, at least through Luna, if you were to buy, uh, 
if you were to buy a switch if we had one it would be you know probably normal used price you know at this point you know well they are in stock 279 or 269 or something like that um it wouldn't last long and you know uh we're not really seeing them but prices are finally getting to the the point where yeah and some of the newer stuff because it's getting restocked like the ps4s the xbox ones the switches um those prices are starting to come back down to earth and i think you know uh in uh, enough time we'll start to see the prices on the retro systems come back down to earth i do think the games will probably stay peaked a little bit though because people aren't going to necessarily want to get rid of games so quickly for less than what they paid for them so i think it's it's going to be a matter of the market will make those prices fall eventually but i think it's going to be stubborn about it I think people are going to try to hold on to and continue to get $70 for their copy of, you know, Super Mario Sunshine or something like that. You think so? Yes. Well, that only lasts forever, and eventually people are going to start selling them. So. Well, yeah, it'll happen um, eventually. I just don't think it's going to be as fast as... Uh, I think it's going to take longer than most people want. Sure. Well, plus, like we said before, the GameCube probably has more console collectors and some of these other consoles they bought during the pandemic. Or so. I, I hate to sound negative, it'll also be interesting to see what happens if... if if and when there is a second wave this fall, uh, we're, we're in it. We never had the, well, end of the first. I, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, we're, we're, we haven't left. We, any, we were supposed any wave. to have a first wave and then stop. I'm saying no. It's 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 instead been steady. of saying a wave, I should say a surge. Oh, a surge. Yeah. If there's another surge, and if I don't think we'll get back to the point where we are told to lock down, even if we should. Um, but that could basically the 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 virus is is awful as it is to say it. Uh, the longer it's around, the higher the prices are going to stay on these games. Okay, so that, that's where I stand. So it's gonna it's gonna be around for another year or so, or yeah, I I have no idea. You know, it is interesting. You said people were panic buying a game console. They were I, that out of source. Where buy me something, I don't know how I'm going to spend time with myself. But get me a, a I had a number Genesis. of people who who had come in and went down through like two or three systems before finally landing on something and this is this was earlier on but yeah people were kind of just taking whatever man there's, there's other entertainment outlets do you have a PS2 no do you have an Xbox no fine then I'll take this GameCube do you have a GameCube no do you have a PlayStation 1 no fine I'll take this Super Nintendo it was just they it, want was, it, it was very weird they want it right now I'm not going to eBay I want it right now well and yeah. I think that's a lot of it too is they maybe they were bored as shit and they wanted something to do that night and you know they could have gotten whatever they actually wanted if they had gone online but you know no one wants to wait because fuck we can't go anywhere and we're bored now so yeah I wonder if board games have made a comeback during the pandemic. I think about it. Has there been a lot more people playing board games at home, like in families? I don't know if there's family, more people friends, playing family, board games, family. but I, 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 D&D has... D and, play, people playing D&D almost certainly shot up during uh, the pandemic. D&D is not that hard to run online. You know, other sure. board games and stuff could be... I mean, I'm sure that digital versions of board games grew popular during this time. Um but, you know, if you're on your own and you're not supposed to be going out and seeing people, well, who are you going to play board games with yourself? Free um, Battleship. I don't know. Let's start playing Battleship against oh each other. Oh, God. Bo- Battleship sucks. I hate that game. Oh, you can, you can just play one in your browser. Yeah. Basically. So. Well, we got to start getting our chess games going online, Ian. Mm, just think about that. What's the best way to play that? Probably we'll play the the MSN Messenger. Remember the Microsoft Messenger? They had the games built in. Remember that? I never, Yahoo, I Yahoo never used well. Messenger. You were you were one of those few people who actually used MSN Messenger. Well, I was, I was on the Microsoft network. Yahoo had the games built in as well, though I believe back in the day. The Yahoo Messenger. 
AOL had they all had him actually. AOL got him near the end too, I believe. AOL AIM had him. Did they? Yeah, pretty sure. Rest in peace, AIM. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else to add here? Oh, let's see. Can I comment on this at all? No. No. I, I, I'm not allowed to. Or no. I can't I'm comment. just saying I have nothing else to add. Uh, well, it's really on GameCube prices and eBay and elsewhere. Discussing opinions. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't have much much to add there. I, w- I would say that um, we're, since we're not really panicking anymore, we've learned to live with this for the most part. Even though I still see people congregating at house parties, and that's where now like a lot of these spreads are happening. It's like, oh, I have a house party with 10, 12 people or, or more, and that's where this is happening. Um, I think that I have nothing else to say about this. I'm running out of steam. We're done. Time to go get some lunch. <laughs> All right, that's it for this CU podcast. Again, you can leave us a leave us a comment, an audio message at anchor.fm slash the CU podcast. Maybe we'll play you next week. We'll play you. We'll play you. If you're in Australia or New Zealand or perp, perp. anywhere else. All right. I'm going to go eat. I'm going to go edit a podcast. Ian, what are you going to do the rest of the day? I'm going to go home and organize. Keep working on my record collection. How long has it been organizing a record collection for? I do a little bit every week. What, what letter are you up to? Or is this a high fidelity thing where you're organizing by by the order you bought them? No, F or G. Something I think insane. I'm on G. You're on G? Yeah. All right. All right. We'll see you later, I guess. Bye. Bye.